Hi, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of the Happiness Headspace podcast. Today, we're here with Madison Leonardo. So would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, so I'm Madison. Um, I also go by Maddie. Either or is totally fine. Um, Yeah, I'm a student right now. I go to Ryerson University in Toronto. Um, I'm a child and youth work um, student and also a mental health advocate on Instagram. Yeah, and how would you say, um, I know we all tend to be on social media a lot. Um, I know you're a lot on Instagram and everything. So how would you say social media has like affected your mental health and the way you see yourself and all of that? I think um, it can be a really great tool in terms of mental health and like building a community and spreading awareness and um, information and whatnot, but it can also be a really toxic place just depending on how you use it. Um, So in the past year or so, I've really utilized the mute feature on my Instagram. And it sounds a little funny to say like I mute people and like I don't wanna see their content, but if I find someone's content particularly triggering to me and I don't wanna kind of, outwardly unfollow them and um, make that choice, um, which I know a lot of people are hesitant to do. Um, Yeah, I utilize the mute feature um, a lot. And yeah, I, I, I think that what you consume in terms of social media and entertainment in general is part of your um, diet, I like to think. Like, that's everything that you consume, whether it's media or whether it's food or whether it's um, really anything that you're putting into your body, into your brain. Um, and so I really, um, am specific about what I'm consuming on Instagram, um, and the people I follow. Um, I've really shifted my, um, the people I'm following in the past year to really like positive accounts and accounts that really better me and give me good information and whatnot. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And I completely agree with that. Um, And you consider yourself a mental health advocate on social media. So do you want to kind of explain like your background with like mental health and mental illness and all of that? Yeah. So um, I've had an anxiety disorder for um, many years. Um, I was diagnosed officially when I was like 14 and I'm 20 now. So um, quite a few years and also OCD at the same time. Um, And I was recently, just a few months ago, diagnosed with my eating disorder. So I have quite a bit of my own experience in terms of mental health and mental illness. Um, But I think it really gives me a lot of tools that I can share with others um, using my Instagram and my platform and whatnot. Yeah, completely. And um, currently, I know for you guys in Toronto, it's probably um, with COVID, it seems like it's not going very well. Um, I'm in Montreal, so like things are a bit different. But how has the like pandemic affected you? And how are you doing with all of that? Yeah, I think it's been really hard. Um, It's yeah, in in Toronto, I think Canada in general, we're not doing as well as we hoped to be doing. (laughs) But um, I mean, it's, it's very easy to let it take control of your mental state and your well being. Um, I have to work really hard to not let it get to that. Um, Keeping myself busy in positive ways has been a really huge tool for me just 
you know, if I'm not, if I don't have the time to sit there and spiral thinking about the circumstances, um, I'm better off. So yeah, I do a lot of um, arts and crafting <laughs> to keep myself busy. Yeah, for sure. I agree with that. Um, me as well. I always am like adding so many things to my schedule so I don't have to like think about my problems. I'm like, no, if I'm busy, I'll be happy and I'll be fine. And like, I feel like especially with the weather getting better now, it's like less depressing to be in a pandemic because um you see all these people and like that live in like nice places they're like in Hawaii or like Florida and things and then we're here having like the longest winter ever in a pandemic like that's um really hard but I'm glad that the weather is getting better and we can all feel a little bit better collectively um in Canada um and vaccinations also have you gotten vaccinated yet have, yeah that's so awesome yeah so things are really getting better hopefully yeah, working out yeah exactly and um so I'm completely changing the subject right now um but I know that you've talked about sometimes on your Instagram going to therapy and things like that so how would you say like what do you what is your um opinion on therapy and has that helped you um in life like what would you would you recommend it to other people yeah, I think therapy is a great tool. I personally feel like everybody could use a therapist. Um, obviously, um, it's everybody has to be doing it um, on their own will. <laughs> you can't really force people to go to therapy or um, it doesn't necessarily work if you don't want to be there. Um, but yeah, it's definitely been a huge part in my recovery and in my like the maintenance of just my mental health and well-being. Um, I've learned a lot of great tools that I use every day um, to maintain my mental health. And I've learned those from therapy. And um, the biggest thing is just that, you know, you can have the best support system in the world, but you don't have anyone in your support system who's unbiased, whether you realize it or not. So it's really important to have that third eye looking in with like no idea what's going on in your inside life in any other way. Um, but yeah, I would definitely recommend it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's no one in your life, like you said, who's gonna not have their like own opinion on your life if they know what you're going through. So yeah, having a therapist, I completely agree. It is kind of expensive, but it is worth it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. especially right now with COVID, it's it's really hard um, to find something. It's it's unfortunate that it's not accessible. Um, you know, we have free healthcare here in Canada, but unfortunately, therapy is not included in healthcare, which is questionable to me. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, yeah, and um, I feel like right now the hardest thing with therapy is it being on Zoom because. Um, Sometimes like I'll schedule an, uh, like a meeting with my therapist and then I'll have to like hide in the house and my parents don't hear me. I'm like in the basement, like, like buried <laughs> in like moving boxes, like trying like, like make the sound like not be heard so that my parents like don't like, like listen in on my therapy because sometimes they like listen in on like, if I have like a job interview, they're like at the door, like listening. I'm like, guys, for like a podcast interview. I'm like, guys, like, please don't. And so I'm like, I'm like, I gotta hide for therapy. Cause that's just really, I really don't want them to hear about that. So yeah, um, I, yeah I have roommates. So I definitely feel that it's, it's hard. Like even, and it's not the same as being in that therapeutic space 
um, when you're like on a therapist's couch and like, that's what you're there for. And there's nobody around, there's no chance of anyone hearing you. And it's very different and it's definitely difficult. Yeah, exactly. And um, so you, uh, like you mentioned earlier, you struggle with OCD. And I know there is a lot of misconceptions about it. And I used to like be part of the problem with that. I used to say things like, I think everybody used to say things like, oh, I'm so OCD or like, you know, like, you know. Um, so do you want to like kind of like um, debunk the stereotype or like kind of explain what it really is? Yeah, so a lot of people use it as an adjective, which it's not. Um, it's a diagnosis. And um, the way people tend to use it is if someone is super organized or um, super clean, um, they'll say like, oh, that person is so OCD, um, which grammatically doesn't make sense. <laughs> and it also doesn't make sense because um, the diagnosis of OCD doesn't depend on cleanliness because there's people who can have OCD that are like super disorganized and um, don't keep their space particularly clean. Um, so it really has nothing to do with cleanliness or organization. Um, so I'm, I'm not really sure where that whole kind of conception came from, but um, it involves a lot of um, compulsive behaviors, of course, and obsessive compulsive disorder. Um, and so a lot of obsessive and compulsive thoughts and thought patterns. Um, so an example would be if someone um, touches the doorknob a, a specific amount of times every time they touch it, or they think something bad will happen if they don't. So that's a compulsive um, thought and behavior. Um, and so that's a little bit more of what it's really like rather than what people kind of tend to throw it around as. And so it involves a lot of um, intrusive, compulsive thoughts and actions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And um, I think it's important that everybody like knows the actual definition before using and throwing the word around like as if it's just like you said an adjective so definitely I think some people who are listening just learn something new um that's what it really is but um yeah definitely for sure and so in general with all of like the pandemic and everything and just like mental health in general what would you say to someone who's struggling mentally who just needs like advice on getting through what they're going through currently I think um, it's so easy to say reach out and get help, but we have to also acknowledge that it's not so accessible, um, which is really unfortunate. Um, like we kind of mentioned briefly, like within our healthcare system, it's mental health is not exactly seen as health um, in our healthcare system. So I think if you can, and if you have the resources and if you have the funds, definitely reach out. And I would start with a therapist um, because it can make a really big difference, but I know that that's not accessible to everybody. Um, so I would say starting with telling someone you trust just to kind of acknowledge it and get it out there and be like, hey, I'm kind of struggling. Um, I just wanted to let you know so that somebody else is kind of looking out for my well-being, looking out for the signs if things might be getting increasingly worse in terms of their mental health, um, just to kind of put safety at the forefront of things. Um, and I think utilizing free resources. So like here in Toronto, I can even 
um maybe send you some resources that you can like include um I'll link them in, in the show notes for sure yeah um some free res resources we have here in toronto um there's one um called the hard feelings um center um i believe that's what it's called i might be wrong but you can link them um and there is a couple other that are actually um free resources for people who can't afford um, traditional therapy. There's also virtual options, things like um, BetterHelp, which is an online forum for therapy, which is like way more affordable than traditional therapy. Um, so there are options. There's not many and it's not totally accessible, but they are there. Um, so yeah, maybe those can help a few people. Yeah, I know for me, when I was first really struggling mentally, I like really wasn't ready to tell someone that I knew. Because yeah. um, like you said earlier, like everybody's biased and everybody's around you that knows you and your life is going to try to like tell you different things and like tell you what to do or like just like it puts a lot of pressure on you like when other people know what you're going through like especially like me I struggle with like suicidal thoughts and things like that and now um a lot of people around me know about it and it's just mm -hmm. like it adds so much like kind of pressure I don't know if you know what I mean but yeah. uh, me the first person that I told was in seventh grade my science teacher and like literally everybody like was so scared of her and hated her but like since I was class president like she loved me and like I thought she was like, the best teacher ever so like I would just like go talk to her and like go cry to her and like poor woman just had to sit there and hear about all my <laughs> problems but like honestly thank god she was there because like I really couldn't get myself to like tell someone who I was really close to you know because I don't want like people who are really close to me to like worry about me and things like that and like yeah. I didn't want my science teacher to worry about me either you know but like at least there's like someone that was there to help me a little bit um so definitely I'm really grateful I had her um and I'm again completely changing the topic I'm really sorry I keep going okay. all over the place in this interview but um so this question I don't know if you have an answer to it but I also always asked love to ask people um is there one stranger who you've met who has really impacted you or that like taught you an important lesson or something like that um yeah i actually um so because i live like right downtown toronto um we have a lot of people who are out on the streets um especially right now during covid um luckily we've turned actually um the bond hotel here in toronto has actually been turned into a shelter which is really great um but yeah so there's this um one person that sits at the same corner um quite often and so I recognize him and um, we always kind of chat briefly when I run into him um, on the corner and he's so 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 kind and um, it really opens my eyes to um, the fact that he is just like everyone else mm -hmm. they're all just like everyone else and they're just going through a really hard time um, and it makes me think like where is his family, you know? And it, obviously it makes me sad because I'm like, I wish I could just take him in for like a warm meal and um, a hot shower and all that stuff. But um, he seems totally self-sufficient. He just kind of hangs out there. Um, I believe he stays at a shelter overnight. So he's like safe and whatnot. Um, but he's just so, so, so kind. The one time I tried to give him money, he was like, oh, like you're a student, you look so young, like you don't have to give me any money. And it was just, it's, he's so kind. And um, I always talk to him. And so, yeah, he really, um, he's actually someone who's like 
important in my life, even though that sounds kind of funny because like, I don't even know his name and like, I don't really know his story, but um, it always brightens my day when I run into him and chat with him a little bit. Yeah, that's amazing. Definitely, I feel for people right now during the pandemic who um, don't have a home to be in and like even people who are like at home, life is, if like you have like some struggles at home and problems and stuff like that, um, it's definitely a lot harder for them. So I'm really grateful I have like a safe environment to be in and like my parents love me and things like that. Um, So definitely really grateful for that. And definitely people who are struggling as much as him really open up like your eyes to um, other realities that people have. So um, I completely agree with that. And I completely think that's so amazing um, how nice he seems and all of that. Um, and I also wanted to ask you, um, so right now you're studying at Ryerson University in Toronto. Um, so what, did, like, what would you say when you were growing up you wanted to do versus like what you're doing now? Like, how did that work out for you? This is actually a funny question for me because um, growing up, I was always in competitive dance and dance always kind of came first. Um, When I was younger, my parents were always like, oh no, school comes first. But as I got older, they knew that like there was no stopping me. And like, (laughs) they kind of came to terms with the fact that dance was like it for me. And so dance was always what I thought I was gonna do as a career. Mm -hmm. And um, I actually went into the performance dance program at Ryerson in my first year of university. Um, and it was a very, um, very bad experience to be blunt. Um, it was, it's a super toxic environment and not a well-run program, um, unfortunately. And so my experience was super negative and it really took a toll on my mental health. Um, and so I switched out of that program and now I'm in child and youth work. And so my long-term goal now is working in a hospital, um, on a children's mental health unit. That's amazing. Yeah. And I completely agree. I'm also a competitive dancer. Now with COVID, there's not many competitions. Um, But yeah, I feel like that environment can be very toxic um, for sure. And it's not even like anyone's fault. It's just like the the whole like um, environment dynamic in like competitive dance. It's like you like have a goal to like go to competition and like, like do this and do that. And everyone like has to be like perfect and like ready and like hair and makeup and costume and everything. And like, do your dance. Like, don't like, I don't care about how you're feeling mentally. Like, I feel like now it changed a lot. Like now my dance teachers, they always check up on us. Like, they're always like, how are you guys doing the pandemic? Like, are you guys okay? And like on zoom is how we're doing all of our classes right now. I've been going more in person but like we can't be with people you know like it's it'll be like just me or like just me and one other person if we go in person um and so it's like really hard to like keep up a good mental health when I used to do seven days a week I was like how did I do that I would like I didn't have a life like yeah me neither yeah and then it was like at some point my dance teacher because I was in like two different teams and I also had a duet and so at some point before the pandemic my dance teacher was like next week I'm doing like two hours of duet two hours of your other team and then four hours of this team so I was basically doing eight hours of dance like consecutively with no breaks and I was like how am I going to do that and then the pandemic happened and then that day didn't end up happening which I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing but um I feel like yeah competitive dance it's it's intense yeah it can be it can be super toxic I mean it can also be super positive but I think those changes are slowly coming about 
Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that more positive changes come about as time goes on, but definitely in um, a program, like what I experienced in my first year was like frightening and like completely turned me off of dance for a couple years. And I was like, oh my goodness, that was the most horrible experience of my life. Um, and so like a program like that needs to be like completely revamped um, with like trauma-informed care and just, you know, updated because these days like mental health is a huge thing and it's more talked about. And so it needs to be much more of a focus in something so intense, like you're saying, like dance. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like um, what you're talking about could like kind of resemble dance moms a little bit. It's like, like, imagine like all those little girls that were in that show, like they, they all said like, wow, like that show traumatized me. Like I couldn't do anything. Like it was so toxic. Like, can you, like, I don't even know. I'm like, if I was in that scene, like I could not live like what, how poor them, honestly. Um, Yeah, for sure. And um, so Another different thing that I want to talk about is, um, so what would you say is one of your biggest accomplishments or something that you're really proud of yourself for? Um, hmm. I would say um, over uh, the beginning of the pandemic last year, I started my own business um, where I, it literally just started because I was bored and I was doing a ton of arts and crafts and um, a couple of people asked about purchasing um, the earrings I was making. And so I turned it into um, something small in the very beginning. Um, I made a website and was just selling earrings through there. And then it became much more than that. It became um, my primary platform. So I have my blog on there as well where I do a lot of posts about mental health and mental health awareness and my experiences and whatnot. So it's become kind of like my child, like my passion project. Um, So I'm really proud of that. I've um, started actually for this month, since it's Mental Health Awareness Month, um, I've created some mental health awareness merchandise. Um, so right now we have sweaters available um, and all of the proceeds go to CAMH. Um, so I've been working on that this month with, which has been really fun and just positive. And yeah, I would say that that's probably one of the things that I'm the most proud of that I've kind of created on my own and I'm still just working on and building. Yeah, for sure. And I'll have it linked below if anybody wants to go purchase anything um, or if you want to go check out her blog, that would be so great. Um, And on the other hand, what would you say is your biggest failure or just something that um, taught you a lesson? Because someone in another podcast episode said something that like really struck me and they were like, "Um, today's failure is like tomorrow's lesson or something like that. I don't remember what the quote was, but it was something along those lines. So definitely, um, what would you say something that taught you a lot, but that you saw as a failure when you went through it? Definitely um, my experience in that dance program that first year, um, because I was not succeeding in the program to their standards. And so I was feeling like a failure and like, oh, I'm really letting everyone down here, but it ended up being the best thing that ever happened to me because I had left the program and now I'm doing what I love, but it definitely felt like a huge failure in the moment. Um, In hindsight, it was a good thing. 
Yeah. Um, and this is kind of a loaded question, but um, would you say that you love yourself? And if yes, how did you get to that point in your life? Um, I would say a short answer. My short answer would be yes, but there's so much more work to do. Um, and I feel like that goes for most people um, because especially my recent diagnosis of my eating disorder, it's made that process a little bit more difficult, but it's a journey. And um, I think it's a constant work in progress for everybody. Like, I don't think anybody ever gets to a point where they're like, there's not one thing that I'm working on for myself right now. And there's not one thing I want to positively change about myself. And I think that that's a good thing because we don't want to get stagnant and have a boring life. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think, um, yes, but it's a progress process yeah of course and my last question for you would be um what is your best life advice if you had the whole world listening to you for 30 seconds what would you say oh wow um I would say um trust your gut I think that is something that I've heard so many times and I never really understood it um but as I've been gotten more into like meditation, manifestation, um, more of the spiritual side of like healing and self-care and whatnot. Um, I've definitely noticed how feeding your intuition and following your intuition makes it stronger. Um, and you know, you know yourself best and you know what you need and you know what is best for you. And so I think like, if your gut is telling you to do something, if your gut is telling you not to do something, if you think it first, even if it's for a split second, go with it. Um, and I think like, um, it sounds so cliche, but like to never give up because like, honestly, with mental illness and struggling with mental health, it can be so hard and it can feel so alone. And so isolating and kind of hopeless especially if someone doesn't have access to all the right resources like currently I'm I'm on a wait list for um a treatment program for my eating disorder and um the wait list is crazy long and um anything that's not that you don't wait for you pay like thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars for so it can feel really frustrating and you can feel really defeated um but I think like pushing through is super important. And like some days that's really hard and you just want to stay in bed and that's okay. But not sitting in that for too long is super important. Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I love that answer. And thank you so much for being on the podcast. So do you want to just plug your socials again really quick? Yeah, so my Instagram is madisonleonardo underscore. And from there you can find my website, um, any affiliate links I have, um, my blog, my shop, and my company's Instagram. Great. So thank you so much again. And I hope everybody listening has an amazing rest of your day. Um, and yeah, um, I'll definitely let you know when the episode is out. Um, and it should be like within the next few weeks. So thank you so much. I really appreciate you doing this. Yes, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. Bye. Bye.